We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. These words, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And a lot of times it's finished with these words, so help me God. Yeah. The truth. The truth is a hard thing in our society today. The truth. It's become very ambiguous because it's all according to your perception and your perspective a lot of the times as to what truth is. I grew up in the 1900s. Anybody here grew up in the 1900s? I talked with a young person the other day. They don't even know what the 1900s are. They were born in 2004. So all of my life is history books to them. But I grew up in a time to where even the people who did not go to church, all they needed to do was look you in the eye and tell you the truth. Tell you the truth. Times have changed. Things have changed. Has it really changed, Pastor? No, I think telling the truth has been a hard thing from the very beginning of time. Remember this couple, Adam and Eve? God comes down in the cool of the evening and they're not telling the truth. Yeah, why? Because now they are covered up because they realized we were naked. That's what they said in Mississippi. We don't go naked. We were, they were naked. And they realized it. And so what happens whenever you don't want to tell the truth? You cover up. You cover up. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You've heard it this way, the bare naked truth. Yeah. We've got a lot of words to talk about it. The truth. I, want to, I believe God wants all of us to live a truthful life. A life full of truth. Truth. We don't want to be vulnerable, do we? Vulnerable. Vulnerable means this. To be open to attack or damage. We don't want to be vulnerable. We do not want to be exposed. We like being covered up. Real, that's a word that I write on every paper I write on every day. On every notebook, if you go in and you find my pages, every day at the top of every page, be real. Be real. Real means this, not an imitation. Not an imitation. But to be true to one's character, spirit, and personality. So be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. Yeah. Well, that means without covering, without concealment, unarmed, defenseless. These words today make a lot of us feel uncomfortable. How many of you are uncomfortable being naked? Oh my goodness, we've got a whole church full of streakers around here. <laughs> Three people raise their hand, rest all... I'm good with that, Pastor. Let's just, let's go. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. And if you were to get naked in front of me, I would be uncomfortable. You may not be, but I am. 
But a lot of you may be uncomfortable with truth. Yeah. Truth. The whole truth, nothing but the truth. And so today I want to talk about that. I want to talk about, have you ever had anybody start off a conversation with you like this? Because I have. They've looked at me and go, hey, pastor, I want to be brutally honest with you. You ever had anybody start a conversation with you like that? I want to be brutally honest. I don't want you to be brutally honest. <laughs> honest is good, but not brutally. I don't want you to be brutally. Just, just tell me this suit makes me look fat. I don't care. But don't tell me brutally. Just in a nice way. Say, hey, you might want to think about it. I had several people today going, Pastor, you look nice. I thought, don't I look nice every Sunday? I, I try every Sunday. But I guess I tried harder today. But people said, you look nice. You smell good. I smell the same every Sunday. <laughs> but I appreciate the compliment. That made me feel comfortable. But sometimes being uncomfortable is hard for us. And so today, my message is to make everybody here uncomfortable. Yeah. Uncomfortable. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 13, verse 4. So he got up from the meal, took off his clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Well, who's doing this? Jesus did this. Jesus is in a setting with his disciples. Before they begin the proceedings of the evening, he gets up, he takes off his clothing, and he becomes vulnerable. They've never seen him like this, and he wraps a towel around his waist. Yeah. This is a very uncomfortable situation. We don't know what to do and how to react. This is a very intimate setting with his disciples. So why did Jesus do this? Look at this. Chapter 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So in other words, he loved them to death. Yeah. He loved them more than being uncomfortable and being fearful in the moment. He loved them more. He loved them so much that he was willing to be vulnerable, to be real. Okay? The crowds don't get to see me like this. The crowds don't get this kind of intimate setting with me. But you are my disciples. You I love more. You are the ones who are with me all the time. And because I'm about to leave, I want to invite you even closer in relationship. You see, Miss Sandy's the only one I invite in that close in relationship. Yeah. Nobody else gets to see that side of me. Nobody else gets to see that part. Why? Because it's relationship that brings us that close. Jesus was in relationship with his disciples, and he wanted to be that close. He wanted to be without covering. He wanted to be vulnerable. He wanted to be real. And the problem is today, even from pulpits, most people don't ever get exposed to real. We don't get exposed to truth, to being naked, to being 
open to being defenseless because even pastors today are covering up. We hear it and we see it all the time. Pastors are covering up. Churches are covering up. Christians are covering up. So if the church, the pastors, the Christians are covering up, then when is the world ever going to see truth? When is the world ever going to have truth revealed? You see, this is how it may look when Christians cover up a lot. Well, have you ever, have you ever been with those Christians that are just so spiritual? You can't talk to them. Yeah. They have a flat. Oh, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, praise the Lord, I've got a flat. What are you going to do? Well, hallelujah, I'm going to get a, I'm probably call it AAA because I don't know what to do, praise God. But if I do, well, I might go up and up, look at the trunk, see if I have a spirit, hallelujah, glory to God, praise God. And on and on and go. You just can't talk to them. You go, well, how, how, did you enjoy the OU football game last night? Yeah. Oh. I was ready to go to bed at 9 o'clock. Then the second half started. I'm like, what? Then I couldn't go to bed. Because you know I'm from Texas, so I'm rooting for Baylor. I can't handle the truth. Yeah. Yeah. But some people are so spiritual, you can't even discuss a football game with them. You can't talk about even the weather. How's the weather? Well, God has blessed us. I understand. Listen, I'm a spiritual person. But there's just sometimes I just want to talk. And some people, the reason why they cover up is they don't want to be vulnerable. You know what I found in 30-something years of ministry? I have found that the people who are always covering up are the ones who really have something to cover up. And these are usually the ones who are the first ones pew, to be gone when trouble hits. First ones covering up. John 13, 3 says this, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that a time had come for him to, to, to from God and he was returning to God. Jesus knew. Jesus knew not only the truth, he is the truth. He knew what was going on because he heard it from his father, so he did not have an issue of being real. He did not have an issue with being truthful. Jesus was comfortable in this setting. And if we live a truth-filled life, if we are vulnerable, exposed all the time, we don't have a problem with truth. As a matter of fact, we're comfortable in a truth setting. We're comfortable talking about anything because we are living truthfully. We are living vulnerable. We are living exposed. Simon Peter, don't you love this guy? Jesus was truthful. Simon Peter was truthful. He was being real to his personality. Look at this, John 13, 6-8. He came to Simon Peter. He said to him, look, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus said, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Simon Peter said, no, you shall never wash my feet. He was being truthful. He was being real. I probably would have done the same thing because I have an issue with my feet. How many of you have an issue with your feet? I was okay with my feet 
Until one night, I, went to, I was going to visit Miss Sandy. We were dating. It was raining outside. They lived in the country, had a dirt driveway. So when I got out of my vehicle, my shoes got muddy. So when I went to go in their house, I took off my shoes and placed them by the front door. I thought I was being so kind and thoughtful. We had a great evening. I went to leave, and I can't find my shoes. Her mother, who was being kind and thoughtful, placed them outside the door because of the stink. <laughs> the funk was real. How many of you have teenage boys? You know what I'm talking about. That's sometimes that foot can... Hmm. Well, when I was a teenager, I had stinky feet. I admit that. But I got over that. But my family... My wife and my children continued the complex because every time I take off my socks and shoes around them, every time they tell me, Dad, your feet are ugly. I think they're beautiful. <laughs> I have reinforcement from the Word of God that my feet are beautiful. How beautiful are the feet of them who bring good news. Bam! Come on. I got God backing me up. But I will tell you my feet probably are ugly because I have an oddity with my toes. I have a big toe, which is normal, but that second toe kind of stinks out there pretty good ways. Anybody here, your second toe is longer than your big toe, confess right now. Be truthful. We're in a, that's my people. That's my people. That, you know what that means? We're smarter than the rest of them. And we're dominant personalities. There was one man, a whole bunch of women raised their hands. No, it just means we got, it's just weird. But I tell them, I say, that's the way shoes are. The point in the shoe is not where the big toe is. This has nothing to do with my message, but... I'm just trying to defend my feet now. I kind of got, kind of got walking in a different direction there. But. but why did Jesus want to wash Simon's Peter's feet? So if you go back and study the Greek, you parse it, you look at all of the, the terminology, you learn it, look at the genre, you put it in context, and here's what you deduce. You deduce, number one, the reason why Jesus washed his feet, revelation, they were dirty. And Jesus said, hey, when you come into the house, the first thing you do, you wash what is dirty. And dirty feet do not need to come into the house. Dirt, usually we symbolize it with sin. Yeah. When you get out in the world, guess what? You're going to be exposed to a lot of sin out there. And sometimes it sticks to you. Sometimes you need a good washing. That's why I love Wednesday night service. It kind of washes off what got stuck to me Monday through Wednesday. And I get ready for Thursday through Friday. I mean, you know, the more often you wash, the easier it is. Yeah. So he said, I need to wash your feet because they're dirty. And then Simon Peter comes back with this response. Don't just wash my feet. Wash my whole body. Yeah. And Jesus said, I don't need to wash your whole body because your whole body's not dirty. But Simon Peter says, hey, don't be specific. Be general. Be generic. Wash everything. And I have found that when it comes to truth, most all of us would rather uh, wash everything, be general, rather than be specific. 
You see, if I give an altar call for anyone who has sin in their life, that's generic. That's general. That's like anything wrong with your whole body, come on down. You know what? There's more opportunity for response to that than if I was to say, has anyone here been unfaithful to your spouse and committed adultery this week? If you have, come to the front. Yeah. That's uncomfortable. And it could be harmful. Yeah. You see, specific makes us uncomfortable. Has anybody this week watched pornography? If so, come to the front right now. Is it truth? Yes. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Do we need to deal with truth? Yes. And there should be a place to do that here in an environment of love. You see, Jesus had created an environment with his disciples to where truth was going to be exposed. Everything. Simon Peter goes, hey, I'll be vulnerable. Wash my whole body. Jesus goes, I only need to wash what's dirty. I need to be specific with you, Simon Peter, because not everything's dirty. I don't want to be general. I just want to wash the part that's dirty. I just want to get the part that's dirty. I want you to be vulnerable. Years and years ago, Sandy knew this pastor's wife who was always off to herself. She was not very friendly. She was not very nice. She was very cold. And Sandy's like, wow, that's a pastor's wife. Man, uh, we were youth pastors at the time, but boy, that's a pastor's wife. And I hope I'm never like that. And, and, uh, and then we became pastors. And we've always been very vulnerable. We, we want to open ourselves up to every relationship in the church. And so we opened ourselves up to relationships in the church. We were vulnerable. We share things, you know, when you get in relationship. And all of a sudden, after about a couple of years of pastoring, boom, she got hurt bad. The very person she thought was a close, close friend turned on her and hurt her and cut her deep. How I many know the only people that can really hurt you are the ones that are real close to you? Yeah. And so it cut her deep. And guess what she did? She said, now I understand that pastor's wife. And she went and talked with her and apologized to her. She said, I got to confess. I had these thoughts about you but now I understand what you went through. I understand the pain and the sorrow and the hurt. And you know what that caused Sandy to do? For several years, I'm not going to let anybody hurt me again. Close it off. I'll be the pastor's wife. I'll come to church. I'll sit on the front pew. I'll raise my hands. I'll do all this. I will be friendly. I will hug everybody's neck. I will do everything a pastor's wife should do, but I will not get hurt like that again. I've got friends of mine who are pastors, who were pastors, who are no longer pastors because, not because God failed them, not because of theology, but because people hurt them so bad. They go, I'll just rather go out and do a secular job than get hurt like this again. 
hurt their kids, whatever it may be. Walls get built up and you go through the same things. You go through life, you get close friends, you open yourself up, you become vulnerable, you, you expose yourself, and then, I hope it never has happened, but if it does, I apologize. Somebody hurts you deeply and cuts and rips. And then you go, I'm never gonna, get, I'm never gonna let anybody in that close again. But you know what God does when you get in his presence? God is intimate with you, you're intimate with him, and he heals hurts. And so we go, you know what? We've got to live a truth-filled life. So what do we do? We, be, we, we are vulnerable again and exposing ourselves again. And you know what? It's possible, yeah. But that's okay because that's what relationship is all about. Relationship, being truthful. Why did Simon Peter go from no to now wash everything? Yeah. Because he realized I'm standing in front of the truth. Yeah. The truth. So here's some truths, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Number one, most of us cannot handle real. Real makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. Real. It gets real. You ever had anything get real on you? I've had some things get real on me. We went to Costa Rica this summer. We had to go to the, the last day with this place called the Triangulo. It got real. Because these are people living in the most dire circumstances. Destitute. They're living on the dirt. And it was pouring down rain just before we got there. It was filthy and nasty. And they, some of them didn't even have roofs. Some of them had big holes of water right in front of their sofa in the dirt floor. And it got real. And then they're telling us about be careful about who touches you and those kind of things. And it's real because you can get diseases and stuff. It's real. I was in the uh, church in New Mexico. We had a guy come in. We had a daycare. We're trying to keep this guy. He was wired, wired up on some drugs. Called the police. They came and got him. When they came back in, they go, hey, pastor, did he touch you? I said, no, why? I said, well, he has hep C. If he touched you, you need to go in there and scrub your hands, scrub your face, scrub everything. Because you, if you touch anything that's open, you, you might get this. It got real. And real scary, isn't it? Real is, hey, this is serious. And this morning, what I am talking about is serious. It's real. I'm exposing, I'm being vulnerable. But not everybody can handle real. John chapter 13 verse 10, Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean. Though not every one of you. You mean we've got 13 disciples and Jesus the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth is in the room and we've got somebody who's still not being real. Yeah. It is possible to be in the church every service and not be real. You see, in the 13, they had a pretender. They had someone who was pretending to be real, but he was covering up something. He was covering up his true personality. His true character was being covered up. 
He was hiding something. And Jesus said, one of you is not telling the truth. One of you is not being real. One of you is not being vulnerable. One of you is not being naked here in this moment. Look at Psalm 139, 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. David said, I know you're my creator. Before I was in my mother's womb, Joshua said, you formed me. How many of you know that God knows? Okay. Look at Psalm 139, 1 through 6 now. You have searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before words on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. You see, God knows everything about us. Your thoughts, before you say something, what you've already said, what you've already done. Yeah, he knows. But we don't like specifics. We like generics. Let me just ask the question. How many of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? Raise your hand. We're good with that one. How many? Don't raise any more hands. How many of you are liars, gossipers, backbiters, cheaters, adulterers, fornicators? See, that list gets specific, we get uncomfortable. Because truth gets us uncomfortable. And that's why sometimes when people are, are in a sin-filled life, they don't want to come to church because it's uncomfortable. And most of us, we go, well, today, I can go to church, I'm good. Today, wow, that, I'm not comfortable. What pastor has never preached a message like this. Because not everybody can handle truth. But in the church, I pray that we create an environment where truth is norm. Where being vulnerable is the norm. We're being honest and exposed and naked before God and with each other. Well, we're comfortable with that. We are called to be real. We are called to be truthful. We're called to be vulnerable. We are called to bear it all before God. We use terminologies of the church like this, to lay it all on the altar. But guess where we're at in our society today? Can I just be brutally honest? No, I'm just teasing. I look in our church and we don't have altars anymore. We have an altar area, but it's generic. It's not specific. You know why we don't have altar calls many times much more unless they're generic because people are uncomfortable. And they go, I'm not going back anywhere where I'm uncomfortable. I want to be happy. So I want church to make me happy. Listen, 
Sometimes your father, God, will give you gifts that are good for you, but you just don't know it in the moment. As a parent, as a father, I gave my kids good gifts, but they thought they were being treated horribly until years later. I remember my daughter one time, seven years after the fact, came to me and said, Dad, remember? I go, yeah. She goes, thank you. That was seven years after the gift was given. It took seven years for the realization of how good the gift was. And during that seven years, the gift was not making her comfortable. Not making her happy. John 13, 12 through 17. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, and you also should wash one another's feet, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Do what? Well, let's all wash each other's feet. I've been to one. I did not let my feet get washed. I was having my complex. But I don't think that's what Jesus is trying to say in this moment. Jesus is trying to say, I have shown you how to be vulnerable. I have shown you how to bear it all in an intimate relationship. I have shown you how to get specifics clean. Not the general, specifics. Now that you know these things... Now do it in front of other people. Don't just let it stay in this room. But go out of here and be vulnerable. Be a minister of the gospel. But be truthful and live truthful. Because the enemy's going to try to trip you up. How many know the truth is always the truth? I've had truth in my life that it took literally years for the truth to come out to be the truth. It took years, but it came back and go, oh, wow, pastor, you were telling the truth. Yeah. But during that time, guess what people thought about me? I wasn't telling the truth. Yeah. So my life has always been around two words, be real. Be real. People think all the time that I, all I do is yell because I'm a pretty loud preacher today. I've not been for some reason. But usually I'm a pretty loud preacher, so people think I'm loud at home. I'm not loud at home. I was raised in a home with just two brothers, me and one brother, and he was 10 years older, so I was basically an only child. So we, I was raised in a house that was very quiet. And when you wanted to talk to somebody, you actually went in the room they were in and you talked to them. <laughs> Crazy concept. Now you just text them in the same room sometimes. Sandy grew up with a whole bunch of kids, a loud house, and she grew up to where the TV's wide open, nobody's watching it, everybody's yelling, and if you want to talk to somebody on the other end of the house, you just, hey! You talk, you yell. And so I'd go in her house and was there maybe five to ten minutes and I'm outside. She's like, what's the matter? I said, I can't handle it. 
She said, what? I said, all the noise. She goes, what noise? <laughs> so at all the holidays, she kind of goes crazy now because our kids are gone and it's me and her and boring, boring. quiet. Because I'll turn the TV down and, and talk. But everybody in church has this perception, man, pastor is loud and, and he's boisterous. I bet, I bet when he goes to Sonic, he goes, I'd like a number two. <laughs> no, I'm not. But for some reason, when I start preaching truth, truth gets me excited. I love truth. And when God reveals a truth in me, I get so excited. And there's two things that I detest above all. My wife, my kids, my staff, hopefully any church I've worked at, and the churches know after a little while. Two things that I detest. Number one, lying. Don't lie to me. Just tell me the truth. And the other thing's laziness. Laziness. I don't like laziness. Something needs to get done. Get up and do it. Don't sit around and go, well, somebody's going to do it for me. If you can physically do it, get up and do it. If you can't, ask somebody else. Because you have not, because you ask not. But so much has come into our church culture from the culture in which we're living that now truth has become, well, define it for me, Pastor. We, we went through a time in our culture where we didn't know the meaning of the word is. Some of you are old enough to remember that. Well, what is is? What does is mean? Seriously? We're going to debate what truth is and what the meaning is? We know what truth is. And everybody sitting in here this morning, God already knows everything. Just be honest. God already knows everything. He sees everything. He formed you. He knows everything. And so when we come into the house, if we can't bear it all before God, when are we ever going to be truthful with ourselves? This is a place where truth ought to be the most normal thing in our lives. It's okay to have the world not be honest. But it's not okay for followers of Christ to not be honest with their maker. Their maker. Maker. Truthfulness. We can't handle it. It's uncomfortable. You see, we are not to be an imitation. We're to be the real deal. We're to be, be exposed. To this morning, I've exposed a lot in my life, my wife's life, my kid's life. And we've been told by every pastor that's ever pastored, never, ever be friends with anybody in the church. I'm like, how can you pastor without being friends? I don't understand that concept. I consider all of you to be my friends. Some of you may go, I didn't know I was his friend, but I am now. Yeah, I consider everybody in this church to be my friend. I love you. And that's what Jesus said, because I have shown you love. I love you to the very end. I am showing you something. I am not going to be here much longer. I want to expose you to truth and love like you have never seen it before. And now I want you to go out of this place and show everybody else what truth and love is all about. Because you see, we get a whole lot of fake love in this world, don't we? A whole lot of people who 
say they love you, but they don't. But here, I'm telling you, God loves you. And there is nothing you can tell him that he doesn't already know. All he's waiting for is for you to just come and tell him, I know my feet are dirty. He goes, I know it too. I'm glad you finally realized that. Let's get those washed up real quick. Yeah. Isn't the greatest pride in a, in a parent's life is when you know something about a child and then they come and they tell you the truth? Doesn't that just make you so excited? Hey, my kids, growing up, and they told me the truth. Did you break that plate? Yes, I did. Good. But how many of you know you don't have to tempt, you don't even have to teach them how to look you in the eye and go, I did not break that plate. <laughs> well, nowadays you can show them video because you got cameras all in your house. Come watch the video right here. Uh, that is not me. That is my little brother. You don't have a little brother. Yes, I do. <laughs> Kids will lie, and then, then they just keep on, right? They, they just, and that's what some people do. That's what all of us are tempted to do with God, to just not quite tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.